Solo in San Francisco. It's TechFan478. Hello faithful tech fan listeners. As you can tell from the fact that Tim's not here, he's not talking, he's not here. It's just me. Uh, I thought I'd record a solo show because with me being on holiday for the last couple of weeks, um, it was time for us to do something. And uh, Tim has some family stuff going on at the moment, which means that we can't record directly with each other. Also as well, I'm as you can probably heard from the intro i'm in san francisco and that is three hours earlier than tim's time um and that means that if we were to record at our normal time assuming he was available i'd have to be up at at 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning which um well i'd be prepared to do that for you guys um uh, and with the jet lag i might be able to do um, Tim and I decided that, particularly with the fact that he's got some um, some family stuff to deal with, that it just wasn't worth, it wasn't something we were able to do. But I did want to record something for you. And um, I've got a lot to talk about because I've been away for a few weeks. And uh, so I've got things to fill you in on, quite a lot of tech stuff to talk about. So uh, let's get started. Uh, with me being away... Um, I uh, had to plan my trip. My trip involved a two-week cruise around the UK, uh, and then as soon as we docked in Southampton, I headed straight for uh, London Heathrow Airport and flew out here to San Francisco. Uh, And it's Sunday night at the moment here. I'm starting a business conference here tomorrow. Uh, It's gonna take take me to the end of the week uh, at the good old Moscone Center, Um, something that Tim and I know well from uh, from the old Macworld days. Um, and uh, so yeah that's what I'm going to be doing Uh, and because I had a three-week trip effectively planned um, what I did is over over the last few weeks I've been planning the tech that I was going to bring with me um, and um, really trying to slim everything down and not carry too much stuff but still have the basics for everything that I wanted uh, and so I thought well, this has been an opportunity to fill you in on that and uh, let you know what, what I've used and what's worked and what hasn't and that sort of thing. First thing to talk about is uh, the cruise ship itself because um, surprisingly the cru- the, there was quite a lot of, of, of gadget stuff going on on the cruise. We were, we were going, we, we did a princess cruises around the UK for 12 days. So it was Southampton, uh, went over to uh, the south of Ireland. Uh, and then up to Belfast in Northern Ireland, and then up to Scotland, Glasgow, around the top of Scotland uh, to the Orkney Islands, and then back down the other side, stopped in Edinburgh, uh, and then went down to Le Havre in France before we came back to Southampton. Uh, Very pleasant, really. uh, First time we've been away since COVID, so um, it was really very enjoyable. Um, And uh, and yeah, it it was nice. But, as I say, um, it was interesting when we got on the ship to find that um, they've got this new technology that apparently Princess have had for about three years now, but they've enhanced 
because of COVID experiences. Um, and basically what it was, was that normally when you go on a cruise, you're given kind of a plastic swipe card that has um, your name on it. And um, then they stick a sticker on it if you bought a particular drinks package or something like that. Uh, and that is effectively your key to your cabin. Uh, and also something that you swipe all the time, anytime you want to buy something on the ship and um, cruise companies is all about buying things on the ship. So effectively this becomes like a, a an account card for when you're on the ship. Um, but it's also used when you get on and off the ship to identify you together with your passport, depending on where you are. Uh, and as I say, it's the key to your stateroom. Princess has eliminated all of that. Um, and now what the issue with is a uh, something they call the Ocean Medallion. But effectively, it's um, I, I presume it's some sort of Bluetooth beacon. And they've got the, this beacon technology fitted all throughout the ship, as well as their, obviously, their... Um, their Wi-Fi as well. It really was quite interesting because you, you register before you arrive on the website for all of this stuff. You give them all your cruise details and everything. And so when you arrive at the port, there's a little bit of paperwork still to be done because of COVID and that sort of thing. But um, then they, they issue this, this medallion. Um, it's got your name on it. Uh, it's about the size of a, probably of, of, a, of a, an Apple AirTag, to be honest, is, is close as what it is. Yeah, you're, you're given this on a lanyard around your neck and um, they try and flog you. If you want to have a, a necklace for the, for the ladies or a wristband or something like that, but no need for that. You just have it around your neck. And everyone has one of these. And this is what you use um, to get on the ship, off the ship, and uh, and to, to go around the ship. You know, in, the, in, in that respect, you know, it could have been just effectively the same as the cart, but they've used the technology and the and the network on the ship to really kind of bump this up a little bit so there's a photograph associated with this so when you go get on and off the ship and anytime you interact with any of the terminals on the ship the staff can see who you are this effectively happens automatically they have certain areas you have to kind of wave the wave the thing to a contactless reader but actually a lot of the time they're they're picking up your medallion um, when they're interacting with you without you having to do that. So what this means is that uh, if you go and order something from a bar or something like that, the staff behind the, the counter can normally, they will get a list, they will get a list, a show of, of pictures of the person, of the people who are stood in front of them and they'll be able to select the right one and uh, apply the appropriate uh, charge to your account. Uh, without you having to interact directly with them uh, in terms of handing a, a device over or anything like that. So so that's kind of neat. But so then they, this takes things a bit further. The screens around the ship are all interactive. So uh, you come out the elevator, for instance, it was my wife's uh, birthday um, during the cruise. So when we first got on board the ship, we came out the elevator and there's a large... Uh, flat screen kind of set into the wall uh, and immediately it came up with her uh, first name and initial and happy birthday and all that sort of thing uh, as as we walked walked past um, then you go down to your stateroom your cabin uh, each cabin has a, a screen outside um, allows you to request service you know from yours for, for if it needs cleaning and that sort of thing or to put do not disturb on 
but as you walk up to the cabin door, it knows you're there. So the cabin door unlocks for you. That means that you're not actually fiddling around with keys or anything like that. You're just able to walk in and out. And obviously it also means that the cabin staff who look after the staterooms are able to see when you're in your cabin or not. And so uh, if they were looking to clean it, they can see whether the cabin is occupied or not and not disturb you. Uh, and obviously then if they need to uh, speak to you for anything, then they can they can track you down. And that works for everyone on the ship. So there is a smartphone app that everybody has access to. Uh, and also using those screens I mentioned before, you can also touch your uh, medallion to a reader next to the screen. And that means you can find anybody in your party on the ship. It will show, show where they are on a map. And that's incredibly useful because uh, the ship we were on wasn't particularly large by cruise ship standards. It's certainly not the largest. Uh, I think it had a, a guest capacity of about 2,500 guests, though it wasn't full on this cruise. But nevertheless, from having done many previous cruises, I can tell you that uh, one of the most frustrating things is if you've made arrangements to meet up with people in your party, you're doing your own thing, and then you can't find where they are because they've moved or they've decided to do something else. And you can literally spend the whole day looking for them if that's if if that's what you uh, if, you know if your arrangements go wrong and you want to meet up with them and they've changed their plans, then effectively you can find that you won't see them all day. Uh, we didn't have that this time because of this system. It meant that we always knew where we were. It's great. My kids are 13 and 20 now, so uh, obviously they're very much wanting to do their own things. Uh, but we had the reassurance that any time we want to meet up with them, um, we could do by just bringing up their locations on our on our mobile phones. The other thing you can do with this technology is you can basically, wherever you're sat on the ship, if you want to order... Uh, room service you want to order food uh, or a drink you can do that just on your app and um, the uh, the food will appear and the waiter will come and find you wherever you are and deliver it to you where you sat down which is kind of a nice experience really Uh, and you know kind of makes things a a little bit more relaxed rather than having to rush around the ship at particular times trying to find uh, particular venues that might be open or closed or anything like that so that, that was all very very cool really uh, and I would imagine from an operational point of view one of the advantages of this is the fact that the uh, cruise line can contact trace everybody on the ship at all times uh, we did have a Covid outbreak when we're on board because Covid is everywhere at the moment so even though everyone had presented vaccination and verified you know, clean Covid tests before they were boarded uh, and the staff are all the same the ship is stopping at all these places and people getting on and off and uh, COVID got onto the ship uh, and a few people caught it, including my uh, including my son actually, who when we got off the ship was feeling, at least, just as we left uh, last couple of days, he said he was feeling a bit uh, under the weather and then when we got back we found he had picked up COVID. So there you go. But I, I think what the technology does let them do is it, it means they can isolate people uh, as, they, as they are tested as being positive for COVID and stop it ripping through the ship in the way it did at the height of the pandemic, which was, you know, was, was, was definitely better than, than the old system, really. So it was all quite interesting, really, that the, uh, the cruise, this particular cruise line has, has, has really kind of adopted this technology. I would imagine, subject to 
costs and, and the co and the ability to upgrade their ships that other lines will start doing this in the future um, it definitely seems to be the the way forward and you know it's, it's interesting to see the possibilities of, of being in a, in a closed environment like that seeing the possibilities of how wider adopt adoption of that sort of technology could could you know kind of change society in the future in terms of the services and things we see of course the flip side is uh you know on a cruise you are uh, deliberately exposing yourself to the to the uh, you know it's a closed environment so you're you're deliberately allowing the cruise company to see where you are all the time and and obviously there are uh, there are data benefits to the cruise company for that i would imagine in terms of they get to see which parts of the ship you might like uh, spend more time in than others uh, and that sort of thing you know on a cruise line that's probably a, a bargain you're willing to make whether that's a bargain you'd be willing to make uh, more generally uh, to allow uh, organizations or companies to see you as you go about your business on a day to day by day basis is would be a different matter but but yeah it was it was definitely interesting to see these these well, obviously with the price of a cruise the cruise company feels that they these this technology is, is worth the investment these things are apparently battery operated because my uh, my my daughter's one um, had to have a battery replacement while she was on board after the first couple of days. Uh, but they don't take them off you when you leave the ship, um, you know. So uh, disposable as part of the cruise package in in that respect. What I must do is is try and find out a bit more about the technology and find out whether now I have this medallion whether I can do anything with it afterwards, or whether it's just now kind of a redundant piece of tech. So, uh, yeah, interesting in, in that respect anyway. Um, and I mentioned there was an app that you could use on your phone. Yeah. So here's, here's where things are not quite so good. The app was uh, a horrible, horrible piece of software. Really, really badly designed. There are things on it you would expect it to be able to do that you couldn't do. You would expect, for instance, to be able to see uh, what activities are going on in the ship. Obviously, the cruise it cruises. There are lots of things going on all the time, uh, shows and uh, various different activities, quizzes. God, so many quizzes. My daughter did so many quizzes. <laughs> but the problem is, is that the app is is just is just terribly designed for showing you that. They have basically like a timetable screen that you can go to, um, and it's it's like looking at a uh, a, a school timetable through a really narrow slot um, so you can only see a tiny little bit at a time um, there was no kind of list view like you would you would expect them to do where you could just kind of look at the time and see everything that was going on no they'd done this kind of timetable view that was just effectively useless because of the limited amount of information you could see on it one of these apps as well where it's not remotely obvious um, that you can move around something so you would look at the app even on the big screens on the tv on the on the tv screens in the halls they also had this this uh scrolling timetable view that would could be brought up um and it was completely non-obvious that you could actually touch it and scroll down and see more and even on a massive 60 inch uh flat screen on on the wall of the ship uh the amount of information you saw on this uh on this timetable view was relatively tiny 
and uh, you were doing an awful lot of scrolling around to see everything and it was just like kind of you know you just you just wonder who designed it obviously the app is designed to be cross-platform over uh, you know it's probably written in one of these uh, these cross cross-platform frameworks but it's just it just wasn't well done and then there were the various other functions that you just kind of would expect to be there and they were just missing we we bought we bought some they you know cruise ships do this thing where they they take loads and loads of digital photos of you on formal nights and that sort of thing and then obviously they want to sell copies of these photos to you uh, and in the past they would have a photo area on the ship where there was loads and loads of printed photos and you would actually choose your physical photos and then then buy those physical photos now that's mostly been eliminated because it's all done on the app so you can log into your account you can see all the photos been taken of you it used a the it, Rather than using the medallions, it actually used photo uh, face recognition technology. So wherever a photo had been taken, if it had a member of your party in it, then it would come up in your account, which was, uh, was quite good. But again there, when, when we actually bought some of the photos at the end of the cruise, completely failed the app to properly, properly uh, you know, download them. You, you basically expected to... Uh, download them to your device as a digital download and you you know i mean that's a pretty much a solved problem a, a, a technology that works you know on every device we all have now but it didn't work in this app properly at all for us uh, and the guy ended up giving us our digital photos on a on a usb stick because that was the only way he could get them to work on our uh, get them to us and reliably making sure that we got what we bought because these these things aren't cheap and that was kind of you know <laughs> A thing where you think, oh yeah, a nice idea, but completely failed in the execution. So there's work to be done on the app side, but the actual hardware technology um, was pretty reliable, pretty worked pretty well. It was really quite quite interesting, so uh, I enjoyed that. Obviously, as I said, doing a, effectively a three-week vacation trip meant that I, I really did have a think about what tech I wanted to bring with me, especially as it was a a holiday followed immediately by a work trip so i really had quite a careful think about this before i uh before we went on this and uh, i kind of assembled everything that i thought i was going to need but i didn't want to bring too much so just running through what i've got first of all to record this now uh, i knew i wanted to record something while i was here in san francisco but i didn't want to bring a full podcasting kit with me so uh, I'm using a um, Rode Lavalier mic, which is, uh, uh, anyone who's not familiar with, with that term, it's one of those clip-on mics that kind of clips onto lapels that you see on t- uh, you know, live TV anchors, that sort of thing, use them. And I'm using one of those that's got a 3.5mm uh, jack on it, and I've got that plugged into an adapter going into my iPhone. And I'm using that to record. I need to... I, I, you know what, I've, I've used these lav mics before and um, I, I know obviously the broadcast industry swears by these, they say they're great. For me, I've always struggled to get great results out of them. Obviously, I hope this sounds okay. I, I'm, I'm recording it now, so I, I won't know until after I finish because, hey, no, no headphone jack on the iPhone, so I can't listen to what I'm recording as I record it with the microphone plugged in. But uh, I know that I will have to run it through some audio cleanup because this lab mic uh, when I was testing it before picks up a hell of a lot of ambient room room noise Uh, I am in the world's tiniest hotel room because uh, I'm in San Francisco and I'm in a Victorian building 
the hotel I'm staying in is very, very close to where the conference is. So it's really convenient location-wise. But it's really, I mean, as I say, it's a Victorian building. It's not a modern building by any stretch of the imagination. So it's hugely noisy. I've got air conditioners outside and pigeons outside and all sorts of things. And as I say, this this room is so tiny that I don't even have a desk. So I'm actually setting up a, uh, a computer and a physical microphone uh, you know the sort of thing we normally record on to actually do that is a bit of a non-starter here so I'm glad I've got the uh, the mic with me but I will have to do some post-processing on this so hopefully you won't hear all that background noise on on this uh, on this show right now so so that was that was recording for for this and then I'll, I'll load that up onto a computer to edit it and get it up ready ready for uh, turning it into a show computer i've got with me is a um one of the things i was didn't use the computer really at all on the ship because you know i was on holiday but one of the things i'm i'm very aware of coming to san francisco anyone who's been to san francisco near those near the moscone center knows that uh, this is the heart of downtown san francisco knows that it's not the nicest place in the world you know, there's a, a San Francisco is is well renowned for um, the number of homeless people here, and uh, you know, they're, they're the a lot of people with mental health problems as well. So there's a lot of guys wandering around shouting and and all that sort of thing. It's not the world's most safe environment, really. And so, knowing that I was coming from holiday to here, I really didn't want to have a lot of expensive stuff with me if I'm going to be walking around. The computer I brought is a it's a windows on arm machine it's called the samsung galaxy book go and this is an entry level windows on arm machine uh, and actually I, I think i paid only about 150 pounds for this computer uh, about six seven months ago and this is basically is my i'm going somewhere where if it gets broken or stolen it's not going to cost me a fortune computer it works fine for work uh, works fine for basic stuff the advantage of being windows and arm is that then um, even for, as a cheap computer, it has epic battery life. You get about 12 to 14 hours uh, on a charge with this thing. Um, you know, it's a kind of a plastic 14-inch, not brilliant screen computer, but it does the job, you know. Um, and it will certainly be um, hardy enough for me to uh, edit this show afterwards and turn it into a file that Tim can upload and, and uh, present to you guys. So that's the computer. Uh, on a similar theme... When I was looking at uh, my entertainment for this trip, my technical entertainment. So here's the thing. I've got an iPad Pro. And the the great thing about an iPad Pro is it's a really powerful computer. It has a fantastic screen. What it can't, what it, anything you really throw at it within the limitations of iOS. The problem with it is that it's a thousand dollar tablet. And as I was saying, I don't really want to be traveling with a thousand dollar tablet i also find as well you know when you're on a on a trip like this a 10 11 inch whatever they are tablet now um no sometimes that's a bit big really it's a bit unnecessary if all you're going to be doing is watching video on it and maybe reading books i think it's it's a little bit large to be honest uh, i prefer something kind of the ipad mini size eight inch or, or less uh, and of course you know the iPad Mini is an, an option, but the iPad Mini nowadays is also a pretty expensive computer too. So I wanted something cheaper. I wanted something smaller. And again, I was kind of going for this this kind of 
plan of uh, something where if it were to be broken or stolen, uh, it wouldn't be the end of my world in terms of finance, finances. So um, a couple of months ago was Amazon Prime Day, and I kind of went to town on Amazon Prime Day to uh, get devices for this trip. So in terms of something for video and reading, I got an Amazon Fire HD8. Uh, the one I got was actually, um, it's the latest model, but it was uh, refurbished by Amazon. It was discounted because it was refurbished, and then it was, it was also on sale because of the Prime Day sale. So I think I only paid about £32 for it. It was stupid cheap. For anyone who's not up with these uh, latest tablets, it's not the highest resolution screen. Uh, I think it's 1280 by 800 or something like that. So when, it, when they call it HD, they're talking about 720p. But you know what? For most video, it's good enough. The screen's not fabulous. It's certainly nothing like an iPad screen, but it's good enough. The tablet has 32 gigs of RAM of storage, but it takes an SD card, so you can expand that. So I've got a kind of a seven pound 32 gig card holding my my uh, media on there and that's enough for loads and loads of tv shows and books and that sort of thing so i've got plenty of stuff to do on there um obviously it runs um amazon's kind of variation of android and is very much orientated around uh, Amazon's services in terms of Kindle, the Amazon Prime Video and that sort of thing. But, you know, you can put everything else on there. You can put Netflix. You, I've got Netflix, Disney Plus, that sort of thing. BBC iPlayer, which is something that obviously as a UK citizen I, I have access to. And, you know, all of those things will download video for offline viewing stored on that SD card. And then I've got, a, a, I've got an Android video player. I think the one I use is called Nova shows video files but gives you the uh looks a little bit like plex so you get the um you know the the show art so and it organizes everything by show season and and all of that sort of stuff so it kind of works like it works like your own version of having netflix with your own video files and uh so that's what i've been watching video on and it's great for that to be honest uh it really is has a three and a half mil jack so you can use headphones on it which um is important to me when I'm flying because I don't like using Bluetooth on the plane. Princip not because I have a problem with radio signals or anything like that on an aircraft, but basically because you run Bluetooth headphones on a long flight, then you, they're going to run flat, and then you can't you you can't hear your video anymore. So it's great for that. And the advantage with the the Amazon tablets is uh, it's a pretty good it's a Kindle device, so it's a pretty good. A book reader as well the kindle app is obviously optimized for those devices it's not as nice reading on there as it is with an e-ink kindle but i was prepared to put up with that compromise for the fact that i just have one tablet rather than carrying two devices and uh, i've read three four books so far on this trip so uh, yeah it's working for, for me fine and yeah i'm, I'm really kind of pleased with it i'm, I'm going to stick using it when i uh, travel for work to be honest it's doing the job Alongside that device, I also bought a pair of Amazon's Echo Buds, which is effectively their version of the AirPods Pro. Uh, and these are also really nice. They're a hell of a lot cheaper than the AirPods Pro. I think uh, in the Prime Day sale, I paid £50 for them, so about $70, rather than the $200 plus that the, uh, the, the AirPods have, the AirPods Pro have. Noise cancelling. They effectively function virtually the same as the AirPods Pro. They don't, they're physically a little bit different. They're a bit bigger. 
but actually functionality wise uh, I find them virtually the same they've got they've got echo obviously rather than Siri but that's fine if you want that sort of thing I've turned it off because I don't really use that sort of stuff but um, but it's there if you want it the noise cancelling is excellent it's easily as good as the AirPods Pro I think the only kind of functional note difference I've noticed with them is that you've got them on ambient sound mode so they're using the microphones to hear what's going on around you um, I've been using it a lot while I've been using public transport here in San Francisco uh, they pick up more wind noise in the microphones than the uh, AirPods Pro do but that's the only downside of them. Battery life is excellent. It's the usual thing. You've got a, a case which recharges them. You've got an app on the phone that lets you uh, adjust them as much as you want. They work perfectly well the, with the iPhone, just the same way as the AirPods Pro do. They're great. Um, I would recommend, if you want something like that and you don't want to spend AirPod Pro money, then the uh, Echo earbuds, the latest ones, are, uh, I would say are worth a look, really. While I'm talking, so those are hooked up to my iPhone. Um, the iPhone I'm working with at the moment is the uh, 12 Mini. So this is something that was returned by somebody who left my com my company a few weeks ago, and I thought I've always wanted to try the Mini because my my current phone is a is a full size iPhone 13. So uh, I thought to myself, well, why not take it on the trip and see. The advantage, obviously, with the Mini, it's got a 5.4-inch screen rather than 6.1 of the regular iPhone. And uh, it's amazing how much of a difference that makes in terms of the reduction in size and weight of the phone. The phone really disappears when it goes into your pocket. I mean, it's completely unnoticeable, which, as I said, was kind of what I wanted for this trip. I was looking for as much unobtrusive stuff as possible. Functionally, it's a 12 Mini rather than the 13, but... You know, the, 12, the iPhone 12 range was not a bad phone, and uh, I found it to be perfectly fine, to be honest. I mean, I don't, don't really have any problems with it at all. Performance is excellent. Screen is really nice. It's, it's funny. You don't, unless you're switching between devices, you don't really notice the loss of screen estate, real estate. And obviously, the, the nice thing with a 5.4-inch screen is it's much, much easier to use it one-handed than, um, than the bigger phones. The, you know, I know these, these phones haven't sold well, the mini phones, and the, the rumours are that there won't be an iPhone 14 mini because it's sold so badly. I, I, you know, I've, I've quite enjoyed having it. I've always liked having, using a smaller phone. I think the last time I came out for this trip to San Francisco for this conference, I, I was rocking uh, the, uh, the iPhone S, the first gen iPhone SE, which was the same size as, a, as an iPhone 5 screen. So I've done that before. And yeah, it's, you know, I, th I think it's a, it's a nice phone. And if you want something small, it's pretty good. The downside, and there is a downside, and it's a pretty big one, to be honest, is the battery life. The battery on these 12 mini is not great. Oh, obviously, the battery is physically smaller, so um, that's what's caused it to have lower battery life. But uh, this is effectively, if you're using it a lot, and obviously when you're on vacation, or you're uh, out of the country or something like that, you tend to be using your phone a lot more than perhaps you might be using it in day-to-day -day life. When you're in that situation, with the, certainly with the 12 mini, it's a charge it. In the, in the beginning of the day, you, it's fully charged, and then during the day, you need to recharge it fully again. So I've been carrying a battery to do that, which is fine for me. I've got a, 
uh, kind of a battery with the USB-C port on it that gives out quite a, a, a high voltage and, and current. So uh, it, it recharges the phone from near, near flat in about an hour, uh, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. Um, so what I tend to do is, is normally around lunchtime is I stick it on that battery and either leave it in my pocket or um, leave it in my bag for, for the hour to, to charge it up. I understand that from the reviews I read that the, um, the iPhone 13 mini, which is a current one that's on sale, has better battery life because they optimise the chipset a bit more. So that, that would be a thing. There's, the, despite the fact this phone is older, um, the battery health is still at 99%, so it's not a, a health problem. This is just basically the limitations of this smaller battery in a phone of that size. Um, so that that's the only downside really obviously being a 12 class phone it has MagSafe on it so one option if anybody did want to buy a phone like this and was worried about battery life is get one of those MagSafe batteries um, you don't have to buy Apple's $100 one there are plenty available for less than that on Amazon and in your local stockist for uh, I've seen them about $40, $50 something like that and you would just slap that on the back of the phone and it's going to recharge it for you so you wouldn't even need to leave that on there all the time you can just put it on magnetically attached when you want to get a, a bit of extra juice in the battery if that's what you wanted uh, that's the compromise you're making if you want the smaller phone um, and presumably that's one of the reasons why the phone doesn't sell as well as the bigger phones plus as well i think most people tend to like the bigger bigger screens now and uh people who don't are, are you know kind of a, a a breed who aren't being served really i know my wife prefers her she's got the uh iphone se2 so that's that's got a smaller screen than the um than the full-size iphones are on sale uh at the moment and uh, apple's event in the next couple of weeks the rumour is that the screens are going to get bigger again, uh, and again there won't be. The rumour is the mini won't be there. So, uh, looks like the the sales data indicates that bigger screens are the way people prefer to use their phones nowadays. But as I say, I've been enjoying using the smaller phone, so it's been kind of working for me. You know, I shall continue to use it for the rest of the trip before I get back home and then switch back to my regular work supplied iPhone 13. One other thing that I've got with me uh, that's worth mentioning is um, for the flight on the way out here. I mentioned that I don't like using Bluetooth headphones on the flight. Um, I have a pair of, so I didn't use the uh, Amazon Buds on the plane. I have a pair of um, Sony, what are these, WH-1000MX3s, I think is the model. Uh, I'll make sure the right model number is in the show notes because... Sony, they don't give proper names to things. These are uh, effectively the equivalent of the of the famous Bose noise cancelling headphones. Uh, the, these Sony ones of the, the I think the latest model is an MX is the uh, the, the X4 run the X3 I have, but they're all broadly the same. Each improvement in Sony is one of these companies obviously that like to update everything every 18 months, two years. So uh, the fours are bit slightly better in terms of sound quality, but uh, the threes were also very well regarded and certainly I've had no problems at all with the sound quality of these. They, they're not cheap. They're cheaper than the Bose ones, but they're not cheap. They are, you're talking $200 plus, depending, if you get the slightly older ones like I've got, they'll be a bit cheaper. 
threes. The fours are uh, more expensive, 250 maybe, something like that. But it's quite, it is quite a um, comprehensive package you're getting for that. You see, you are getting really good build quality. They fold up, they've, they've kind, of got, kind of got this weird trick mechanism in them that means they fold up smaller than they you think they would do for a pair of over-the-air head, headphones, which is quite nice. They come with a, um, a hard case. Uh, all the cables you need, including an, uh, an airline adapter, if you need that. A lot of the more modern planes now don't. They just have a 3.5mm jack, but um, the other ones sometimes need the, uh, the double-prong thing, and that's included. They are Bluetooth as well, so um, you can do that if you want to. You aren't stuck with the cable, so you've, it's nice you've got the choice of having a 3.5mm cable or uh, Bluetooth. The noise cancellation on these things is amazing. It's excellent. Literally on the flight, you turn them on uh, and it's like everything around you disappears. They Even even though noise cancelling normally doesn't deal with... Uh, it's better at dealing with kind of low-level background sounds rather than uh, speech and that sort of thing. I find the Sonys are very good at all of that as well. So even, you know, crying children or, or people talking around you or everything is really put down into the background. Um, they're really great. The comf comfort is excellent. I watched and the flight out here was ten and a half hours, and I probably watched about five, six hours of, of movies straight through using these things. And by the end of that, by the end of the third movie, I was maybe feeling like a bit of um, of uh, soreness on, around around my ears and feeling like I needed a break. But um, it was after that long period of time. So. Um, yeah, great for comfort. As I say, noise cancellation was excellent. Um, battery life, obviously, did six, seven, six hours straight without breaking sweat. I've not recharged them since then, but I think they still have quite quite a bit of charge still in them. And yeah, if you're doing long flights, I would recommend a pair of these or something equivalent because they really do the job. Much better noise cancellation than the AirPods Pro or the uh, Amazon Echo earbuds I mentioned, but that's because you know, you're having a big sealed thing around your ear and uh, ultimately the processing is, is just a little bit better because they've got more space in there to devote the electronics. Those earbuds are pretty good as well, but not as good as the over-the-air ones. If you want um, really good noise cancellation for a flight, uh, going over the air is definitely, over the ear is definitely the way to go. So that's it, that's my kind of tech adventures. Uh, the rest of the week is my conference. I'm meeting up with a um, friend of the show, Owen Rubin, on Tuesday. He lives in Oakland, just across the bay from San Francisco. And so I've arranged to meet up with him. He's working at Apple at the moment. Uh, has been working there for the last few years. Um, so uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, having dinner with him and his wife and finding out what he's been up to and how things are going and how he feels about um, some of the stuff that's going on uh, going on with Apple recently. Uh, so that'll be an interesting conversation and uh, I'm sure he'll be interested to hear about some of the things I've just been talking about. Looking forward to uh, talking to Tim again. Um, hopefully in the next week or so, uh, him and I will be able to uh, record again and do a, do a joint show. Um, so we'll, we'll probably do one of those as well. And um, final exciting tech news for me, and I'm looking forward to this, is that when I get back to the UK at the end of this week, I'll be taking delivery of my new electric car. So um, something that's been on the cards since 
the beginning of this year it's been a long time to get it organized but uh, finally happening now so uh, looking forward to that so that'll be something to talk about on the next show i hope that everybody has had a good summer and uh, all you listeners are keeping well and uh, i look forward to speaking to you all soon